0: Welcome back to Read It or List It. I'm Phoebe. And I'm Ashley. (laughs) Ashley is sorry she wasn't able to join us for today's interview. But today, I am joined by author Georgia Clark. Georgia Clark's new book, It Had to Be You, hit shelves in May, and is a multi-person POV novel that follows the lives of five different couples in New York City and how their lives intersect, how their stories relate and don't relate, as they find love in all its many different forms. Here's my interview with Georgia. Welcome to Read It or List It, Georgia. I'm so excited to have you here. I absolutely loved It Had to Be You. I lived in New York City until very recently, and I feel like not many, not many um, books can truly capture what it's like to live in the city, and this one definitely does. So welcome. We are so happy to have you. We would love if you could begin by telling our listeners just a little bit about yourself.
1: Sure. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Well, as you can tell from my accent, I'm not a native New Yorker. I am Australian. I moved to New York in 2009 at the height of the financial crisis. Excellent time to move to a new city, which I did with no visa, no friendship circle. Like I didn't really know anyone anyone in the city. I didn't have a job Um, and really no plan Uh, other than just live in the greatest city in the world and um try and try and make it and you know obviously that's success is a a, an illusory concept illusory concept um but i am very happy here (laughs) and have been here all that time and now i'm i'm married i live in williamsburg uh the the arguably the coolest part of the coolest city in the world so i feel like i'm doing (laughs) well (laughs) And uh, yeah, my fifth novel, It Had to Be You, just came out and I'm really happy with um, the reaction. Everyone seems to like it, which uh, feels great.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's such a it's such a delightful um, it's a delightful picture of modern life, I think, in this city, but it also really handles some identity, discovery, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. harder hitting issues that I think a lot of people will be able to identify with. I certainly did with some characters. And it's told in multiple point of view, which, as I told you before we started the interview, I started doing a little bit of my own writing and all of that. And I, anytime I read a multiple point of view, book. I am so impressed (laughs) with the author, because I don't think I could ever do it. And I know um, my friend Amber, when she was reading your book currently, and I was like, Oh, I just finished that. Um, I am speaking with Georgia shortly. And she was like, there's no one who does multiple point of view quite like Georgia Clark. Um, (laughs) So um, I was wondering if do you find um, why do you like writing in multiple point of view? Um, And is it? more difficult for some of the characters or the voices come easily for some a little bit more difficultly for others
1: it's such a good question I I really enjoyed writing in multiple point of view there is um five couples in this story so we revolve we we come in at um through Liv's point of view who is sort of arguably the main character we like enter and leave the novel through her head Um, But then we sort of branch out into sort of 10 different people and I really loved it. And I think it was something that came more naturally to me because it, it is easier for me. Like, I think there's things about novel writing that are hard and easy for everyone or easier. And one of the things I really like doing is just dropping into people's heads, taking on their voices, being able to see the world through their eyes. I have a background in screenwriting and filmmaking mm. a little bit in my 20s. And that has always felt very natural to me, the ability to take on someone else's voice. And um, I'm, <laughs> I am don't know how woo-woo you want to get, but I'm a Pisces. And we're very empathetic and emotional and romantic and artistic. And if you kind of believe in that sort of stuff, like it does make a natural fit as to someone who would be able to chameleon themselves into different people. And I Mm. I feel like I have always been a bit of a chameleon. I've moved through different jobs, different identities, um, different ways of being. And so it's something that it does feel more easier. Some characters are easier than others, um, especially if they're quite far away from my lived reality, maybe as far Mm. as like age or race or something like that goes then there might be some additional research that I would do talking with people who, you know, are that age or race or whatever to um, ensure that their thoughts are authentic and how someone in that position would be thinking, feeling, speaking, you know, in a situation. Um, But I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed it. And I'm also really pleased that it doesn't seem to be too confusing for readers that was always the big chant like the big risk with this sort of book was that it would just be this mess (laughs) of points of view not at all I mean
0: something that really attracted me to it um I'm a Capricorn I have a December birthday so I'm someone who I love the Christmas season and all of that. So when I read that it was sort of like a Love Actually style type of story, where um, Liv is sort of our anchor character, like you said, mm-hmm. she's sort of like the the main character, if you will, because it's her business that brings all of these other characters together. Um As a wedding planner extraordinaire, uh, she has all these different vendors who find their way into each other's lives. I get so in in multiple points of view, I get really invested in um, one particular character. I was really invested in Savannah's story. Mm -hmm. Um, So from her personal journey, um, especially with dealing with her family um, and her own self-discovery and really coming to terms with her, her sexuality, who she like that, you know, she's made a new home for herself. And I think that's the magic of New York City. And I think that's why I, um, it was my home for for six years, and I miss it very dearly. Savannah makes a home for herself in the city. And I think there's, I'm very biased as I've, that's the city that I lived in. But I feel like, her story really captured the the found family aspect of mm. New York City and um, so and now I'm I'm going on a very deep ta- tangent but <laughs> I, I loved her so much um, and obviously I loved all of the other characters too but I could really identify with Savannah so what are you hoping that readers will be able to take away from it had to be you?
1: I feel that meeting making an art is a very personal experience and what one person will take away versus what another person will take away can be entirely different, you know, based on our own unique and nuanced history. So I generally don't really have a like I'm not attached to a hope or a message that I want people to feel. Um, for that reason and, you know, everyone has a different character they like. Some people really like one character not that jazzed on another and then the next reader is vice versa. And so it's more interesting to me to hear about that rather than to have an um, emotional opinion about that, Mm -hmm. if that makes any sense. But I guess my, you know, my intention with the book was to celebrate love Mm -hmm. in its many forms and to – create something of an, I suppose, an equal playing field when it came to love. We, in our society, we make a lot of space for stories about heterosexual love, like Mm -hmm. a lot of space and um, and stories about young love, you know, in our teens and 20s and, and 30s. A lot of our stories in pop culture about this time frame which I get it because often that's first love and first love is really um story rich and and you know and white people white people's love so I wanted to uh create a cast of characters that just really opened up the conversation as much as I could within only having 10 characters and of course there are so many more different iterations that I could have explored and um to just show that we're all human, we're all figuring this complicated thing called life out. We all have really different, you know, relationship baggage and stories we tell ourselves and ideas about commitment and what our person should look like and and what they often don't look like that. And to try and kind of dig into that rather than, I think the benefit, I mean, I've told stories in, um, you know, just uh, solo POV and, but the benefit of having multiple characters and multiple couples is you can you're not sort of holding up one couple as like this is this is how love is and this is how it is like as a universal experience. Not that I'm sure any writer would be pretending to do that, but that was just sort of one of the exciting things about the concept that really drew me to the idea. As soon as I was playing around with it, I'm like, oh, this is <laughs> this is a great idea, Georgia. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, and I just, you know, I hope that it's um, a hopeful, heartfelt, funny story that also reads as smart and, um, you know, I, you know, you mentioned at the top that this book deals with like a lot of different, there's like a lot of different issues woven into the mm-hmm. fabric of the story through the characters, um, what they're sort of getting over personally and within their coupledom, there's a lot of issues women um, in which I think that readers I'm really pleased that readers have been responding so well to that because I really believe that romantic comedies are such a space where you can hold two ideas at the same time and one can be a story that is warm and swoony and sexy and fun but you can also have in the, in the same story something that is dealing with you know, real life issues, heavier issues. We've all got a lot of, you know, shit going on. And to sort of have those things happen at the same time, that's the kind of storytelling that I really like. Um, And so that's what I wanted to do in this Mm -hmm. book. And we'll keep doing in subsequent books as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, I loved especially with um, Zia's Mm. storyline of, you know, um, finding love after experiencing trauma and like going on that the the, the recovery journey that um, or maybe recovery is not the right word to use just the 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 growth of move walking with that and knowing that this is a part of you and it will inform other um, and it will inform your future but love is not impossible and being comfortable with another person again is not impossible. But something that I've been finding that I really love about books lately are the books that show you after instead mm-hmm. of dur- during. And so we don't get to see Zia's, um, the, her previous relationship that wasn't healthy. There was abuse in that relationship. We see her next relationship and that healing and learning to trust again. And obviously with Clay, you know, he has to learn to trust in a totally different way. And I think that that is something that readers latch on to, because it can show you that, you know, like I said, it's not impossible to do that. And I loved Henry and Gorman as well. And like, Mm -hmm. he can that it's okay to change your mind and what Mm -hmm. you want and what your vision of love is and a relationship and all of that um clearly i'm very i say i'm attached to savannah i'm attached to all of them i really loved (laughs) all of the characters Um, me
1: too me too yeah i i think that i really like Goldman's storyline as well he's an older gay man and he is of a generation that grew up where gay marriage was you know when he was young like a wildly radical notion and and that wasn't something that the movement was fighting for um, in his youth and so now uh, he feels a certain ambivalence towards this institution that didn't want him for so long mm-hmm. and now is open to him and like many other institutions like the army or corporate america that were you know gates were shut to the lgbtq plus community and now they're open and he feels unsure about wanting to enter those spaces but his partner is a couple of decades younger than him and feels completely differently was raised with like gay marriage became legal when he was in his 20s and so he was like yeah i want to get married and it's I, I the, which is based on obviously my own experiences um, of people in the community and of those age differences and as someone who who is married myself like I can tell you that you you know you do have you come into a relationship with one set of expectations about how your future will be, how your person will be, and when you fall in love those things get blown up in a wonderful way and you you know you both will end up compromising cuz if you're just living one person's dream, someone else is probably really losing out or has really compromised too much and i know that's true for myself that some things that I thought how my, you know, trajectory would go have been different as a result of being in a partnership with another human being who is very, you know, just as complicated and has just as many hopes and dreams and and differences as I do. So I think that's very true for like the lived experience mm-hmm. of love. <laughs>
0: Yes, definitely. I think um, one of my favorite aspects of um, romance, rom-coms, all of that, is that it provides a vocabulary for you to be able to open up dialogue within your own relationships, whether it's friendships or um, your, um, your romantic relationships. I think that this book allows readers um the opportunity especially if when it comes to to friendships and I think the the reason why I'm so attached to Savannah's storyline, um, the conversation that she and Honey have together, and I don't want to give away like mm-hmm. major <laughs> spoilers or anything like that, because I would want, I do want everybody to read the book, but that it's being open with someone to say you were what I needed right now, but I can't be what you need. Getting to walk in the shoes of these characters, um, I think, is something really important anyway (laughs) I just feel like I'm going off on all of these these tangents so with all of the with the structure of the story these because obviously Liv and uh Gorman and Henry are the very best of friends they they're sort of our first introduction to how these characters are going to weave together Mm -hmm. um so the reality of New York and how you can the 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 biggest little city in the world because you can just run into people all the time Um, so how did your New York story inform each of these characters
1: oh that's a great question I um I moved to New York um at 29 so I was uh ready to and I was Actually, I wasn't single when I moved, but I was in a relationship with a a girl in Sydney, and then that we long distance doesn't really work unless you have a plan to be together, so we broke up. Um, and uh, I really kind of started again in my 30s. Like I I kind of moved to the city and was I I sort of had the Savannah experience of being excited but very naive about what Mm -hmm. it means to make a life in a city on literally on the other side of the planet from my hometown and you know was very excited at first until sort of the penny (laughs) starts to drop over and over again in terms of what you know it's not an easy city to live in and I don't think it's easy Mm -hmm. to move to any city and Um, and start again but it does mean that you get to experience a place with very fresh eyes Um, you know you can see things especially as an Australian um, there's a certain benefit in having a perspective Mm -hmm. on a place that maybe you know everyone has their own unique perspective but maybe there's something kind of more fresh or mm, clear-eyed about it something like that Mm -hmm. but but across these 10 characters i I always want to have a through line to to every character somehow. So even if they are, you know, cosmetically very different from me, emotionally there'll be some connection that I can relate to. And, um, you know, with Henry, uh, that connection is a, a, a sadness about not being able to, Um, have children with his partner, you know, Mm -hmm. in the way that a heterosexual couple can have children um, just kind of making a baby and how that like, so um, there's always sort of a through line with these people and because they all live in New York city and are experiencing the city and in some ways kind of reacting to the city, I suppose that my New York life has been woven or they've kind of, you know, shown me, some aspect of their life in some way
0: that that definitely makes sense because you know um whether it was the time when you had your first apartment that was like my first apartment in the city oh my gosh like I look back on it and I'm like I lived there oh Mm -hmm. wow okay and then you know when you get I remember when we moved into our first building with a doorman and like that little step up you know and um when Savannah sees lives, gorgeous brownstone. And I actually didn't know that brownstone was like a cheap material that it Cause that's like the height of you've made it in New York when you live in a brownstone. So that was a, a fun little fact that I yeah, picked out yeah. from there. I,
1: I read that in a travel magazine and when you're, when I'm drafting or yeah, especially when I'm drafting, I'm so spongy, like everything that's happening to me, everything I'm reading. And my friends can attest to this. They probably find it very annoying. I'm just like, how can I put that into the book? Like that, that's funny. Maybe someone can say that. And I'm constantly like taking notes and everything. And that was, the fact that, that brownstones are made of of sandstone, which is just a cheap stone, and mm-hmm. that Savannah's thinking about how it's an odd choice to clad a city that is known for its resilience, but as she knows, it's also um, known for its beauty, and so, yeah. you know, and she is a resilient and beautiful character.
0: Definitely. I was going to ask what your writing process was like. So you're very spongy picking up on anything um, that you can. Um, But what else uh,
1: is your process like while you're writing? It's interesting because I've been getting asked, you know, obviously, process is a really interesting question, and I'm so fascinated in other creatives' processes. And then you, you know, you ask them and they flounder through this through this answer because it is such a strange thing to try and put into words. But I'm writing and I'm right at the beginning of a new book now, and so I'm trying to really pay attention to my process so I can answer this question really well. <laughs> and basically, like, how something will start for me is there's always like a way in. Um, the book that I just finished writing was location. It was really about the setting and that was very much that sort of the setting came first and then everything else came around it with it had to be you. I, it was more premisey. I knew I wanted to do something set around a wedding planner and that there would be something very compelling about the. Uh, you know, wedding, like something at the heart that would create conflict, which is why Savannah and Liv came together. And I, and I was getting married, planning and having my own wedding over the course of writing the book. So it was very much about weddings, constellations of love stories, that sort of thing. And like with this new book uh, that I just have just pitched to my agent that I'll be starting, I don't know, soon, I guess. Um, it was again it kind of like a premisey idea. Like, I'm like, I want to do this kind of story. And then generally, like, I'll start to take notes, and there'll be some kind of aha moment where something will kind of bubble up really quickly. And it might be character. Um, usually, I would say, usually character or kind of character pairings or a kind of a, a group of characters, how they might work together. And then pretty quickly, they'll start to, like, I'll just. And it's funny because with these, uh, the book that I just started working on, I have three characters and I won't sort of go into details because it's like so, so sticky and fresh and whatever. But like one is based on someone I I know but do not know well. Like one is based on someone I had like a one-hour conversation with like a year ago, <laughs> but she really stuck in my head. One is based on a celebrity and one is based on like a character from a reality television show. Like so like – And, like, they're not – they won't be recognizable as those people once they go through the character, like, you know, mill or whatever. But they can really come from anywhere. And it's just what I'm paying attention to. And it's people, like, what's stuck in my head. And then I just take lots and lots of notes, but I don't go back and reread those notes. I just trust that my memory and my Mm. taste will edit out what's not really going to work and that it's what sticks in my brain. And then that kind of starts to form up an idea. And I've this, I've this, it had to be used my fifth novel. So I've written my sixth and I'm starting my seventh. And so by now I'm starting to trust that I don't need to be as planned as I usually am. I usually am like a real planner, like in life, in everything. And that I can kind of go into things not knowing everything and that things will start to emerge, characters will show themselves to me maybe after I started working with them, like I had this funny experience with the book I just finished where I really didn't know one character at all. And I was just like moving him around the board. Like I just, he'd be <laughs> in scenes and he would be like, there's nothing consistent about what he's saying or how he's reacting. And I just thought, I'll figure you out and I'll go back and, and, you know, fix you up. And then he ended up being like one of the Best characters in the story that that's okay as well like I don't know if I'd recommend that if you were just starting out but like you know by this <laughs> stage there's a certain amount of like of trust um yeah. trust in the process
0: I love that I love the idea of sort of like self-editing without re with without with not rereading those notes you are allowing the uh the, the important things because you know whatever sticks in your brain is clearly what is meant to then translate to your pages so I think that's such a cool idea I'm I'm also a huge planner so yeah uh, I, uh, I can understand the uh, the anxieties of like um wait no, no no need to go through all the steps so we are just about uh, nearing the end of our time so something that we love to do here at Reader to list is we love to match books, with songs Um, we call them our song pairings so if you had to choose a song to pair with it had to be you do you have any idea what kind of song it would be
1: I mean it would have to be it had to be you (laughs) Uh, obviously um, the title was the we had three titles before we came to it had to be you the first one was um better wed than dead which uh was initially the name of Liv's wedding planning business, like a kind of a snarky, winky Brooklyn yeah. name, um, <laughs> which my agent said sounded like a wedding planner who solves murder mysteries. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yeah. She's like, yeah, not right for this book. And then, and then it was In Love in New York, which is the now the name of the wedding planning business that Liv and Savannah run. Uh, but my agent, editor felt like it was too regional, too close, Mm -hmm. like I referenced in New York City can be a little bit too myopic, myopic, I guess. And so we changed the name really at the like last kind of minute. Uh, and I really, I just, could, I, I'm not very good at naming. I can, I'll write you a novel. I can't name it. So <laughs> we were, that's why you,
0: you have people who do that. It's their job.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And having like the brains trust and stuff. So we had like a, a brainstorm with my editor and her assistant and my agent and her assistant and me, um, and no assistant. And, um, and we were thinking about, like, classic jazz songs. My father's a musician, a uh, jazz musician, and I grew up listening to, like, at home, all I listen to is Taylor Swift and jazz. And <laughs> and so I, and I, it had to be, you has really solid rom-com history. You know, it's the theme mm-hmm. song of when Harry met Sally and Diane Keaton sings a beautiful version of it in Annie Hall, when she's playing Annie Hall. And it, there's just, like, a real sort of w- lovely history to it. And there's some nice double meaning to it as well because there's like, oh, it had to be you. Like it, the, you can read it a few different ways. So I think this uh, book would absolutely pair with it had to be you. Um, Frank Sinatra obviously sings a beautiful version of it. There's many beautiful versions of it out there. Uh, and, you know, it's a classic, funny, heartfelt song. And that's what I was going for with the book.
0: mm mm-hmm. And it's uh... – it's a lovely idea of, you know, all of these people finding um, whether it's a a second love of their life in Liv's case or it kind of also I think it can speak to it had to be you yourself, um, mm. all of that, which is a. I think also very important uh, because you can only love someone wholly if you love yourself first.
1: (laughs) That's very true. true. It's a lovely interpretation.
0: (laughs) Thank you so much for joining me today, Georgia. This has been an absolute delight. Um, Do you have any final thoughts for our listeners where they can find you if you're out there on the social media
1: sphere? I am out there on the social media sphere. I'm at, I'm on Instagram, uh, Georgia Lou Clark, and uh, that's kind of the only platform I'm really active on. And I have a website, georgiaclark.com. I also host a live storytelling series here in New York City called Generation Women, where we invite a woman or non-binary performer in their 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, and 70s to tell an original story on a theme every month. And we're just back to live shows. So come and see us live and you can say hi to me. Oh my goodness.
0: That's so exciting to hear. It's so nice that uh, we're safely breathing life back into uh, the ability to meet with other artists again. Um, that is so wonderful. I was reading about that on your website a little bit and I was like, oh, that sounds like such a wonderful evening. It's, lo- it's a dream. It's really nice. It's fun. Oh. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much again, Georgia. It Had to Be You is available wherever you get your books. And uh, it's one you're definitely going to want to find in your pool or beach bag this summer. Thanks again, Georgia.
1: Thank you. Bye.
0: If you enjoyed today's interview, please leave it a review and a rating on Apple Podcasts. It's the best free way to support Read It or List It. I know we ask a lot, but it really does make a huge difference. And if you're interested in any of the resources mentioned in today's episode, you can find them linked on readandwrite.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Original music by Jake Thorne podcast produced and edited by me, Ashley Chandler, and Phoebe Wright. You can find us on Instagram at readitorlistitpod. All rights reserved, 2020.